Hi, everyone. This is the Power of Technology podcast, and I'm Mick Turner. I am excited to have Nick Brackney, uh, my my colleague and a new contributor to the podcast, who is also our marketing manager in the multi-cloud group. So, Nick, it's great to have you on. How are you doing? Uh, doing well, Mick. Uh, how, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Now, today, uh, we're going to look at uh, kind of a newish phenomenon, I guess, that we're hearing a lot more about in the press at the moment. And that's this issue of cloud repatriation. Uh, what is it? What isn't it? What are the underlying factors that are driving this? And what do we think is the long-term market uh, impact on this shift? If it is a genuine shift, right? So, Nick, let me ask you from the get-go to provide a little bit of background in your terms with regards to what repatriation is and why does it seem to be a really big deal right now? Yeah, it's a very interesting buzzword. People get really uh, polarized by it. Uh, a lot of the times they have visions of every single workload coming back to a data center. Um, and, and there's a lot of hyperbole with it. It's it's very much similar, I think, to uh, you know what we heard a couple of years ago, which was cloud first and getting out of the data center. So it's a, it's a little bit of an overreaction, but um, the reality is it's, it's, it's an actual trend. And what's actually happening is more um, an application or workload uh, rationalization exercise across different environments. And so what's driving this is that, you know, in in the speed and the urgency, and sometimes uh, because of mandates, uh, people have moved workloads to the public cloud that, you know, for XYZ reason could be security, could be cost, um, could be, you know, business objectives. Uh, they're just not well suited for that environment. And so now we're seeing a pullback and we're seeing people being a lot smarter about where they put their workloads. Yeah, and that that kind of relates to a lot of things I think we tend to talk about internally about circumstances, say, over the last three or four years uh, that we all understand too well have led to kind of this situation of um, what we refer to as multi-cloud by default, that things happened, maybe they weren't structured in a particularly organized uh, and strategic way. And what we're really seeing, I think, internally is this this desire to move to a, a multi-cloud by design, particularly now with the economic context that we're living in, right, that uh, they're looking at optimization and things like that. So, so let's let's first, I think, dig into a couple of specific examples that I'm certainly aware of. There's there's two of them really. One is a company called Thirty Seven Signals. They're operating in the cloud today. They did an analysis of what would they save by moving data out of the cloud, or rather, moving applications out of the cloud. And I think for them, it was like seven million over five years. Uh, and then there was another one. This wasn't specifically repatriation. A company called Hrefs, and their use case basically was a big uh, high-performance compute workload that they were running on-prem. But then in an analysis of what that would cost for them to move into public cloud, it was literally hundreds of millions over uh, three years. So uh, based on these and potentially some of you know our own or your own experience with, with our customers, what do we know about these workloads and applications where an on-premises deployment is preferred to public cloud? Yeah, I think the first thing that you're seeing is um, from a business perspective is that there's this transition and now people are really in you know cost containment mode versus uh, value and growth mode. Uh, because of the macroeconomic, um, you, you know, circumstances that you had mentioned, um, and 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 when you start taking a look at this, 
and you start, you know, going under the hood and looking at those applications. Uh, in the case of, you know, 37 Signals, I think they had a version of Basecamp that they're no longer doing active production on, if I, if I recall. Um, but but what they were doing is, you know, they're making it still available for a fee. And so, you know, ultimately, the, the cost that's associated with that is just the support costs and to keep the lights on and, and to power the servers that run it. And so they're looking at it and it's very steady state, you know, it doesn't have a lot of growing customers or anything like that. And um, they, they figured, hey, you know, we can buy the amount of servers we need. We can create the headroom we need. We've got predictable growth cycles. And by moving away from an OPEX model where you're paying only for what you use, which can be beneficial if you're, you know, bursting and you're, you have a, a lot of seasonality in your, your usage, um, this... They, they took a look at it and said, this is going to allow us to take advantage of, you know, a, a capital expense um, or, or a financed expense and uh, really bring down the costs of, of you know, implementing. And the, the interesting thing is, and um, one of the things they, they mentioned is, is if you haven't done this math, if you haven't figured this out, if you haven't looked at this uh, in 10 years, you know, um, 10 years ago, the data center was a very different place. You know, there wasn't much automation. Uh, there wasn't the ability to do, you know, uh, uh, you know, this DevOps and this, you know, CI/CD pipelines and and, and all of the agile um, type of work in in the data center. It took too long to go to your storage guy, your server guy, your networking person, um, all all these people in, in order to to basically start a project off. And so now we're seeing that the on-premises uh, deployments can can offer the same agility. Um, or very similar agility to what people experience in the public cloud. Yeah, exactly, and 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 that that's a great point. So there, there's obviously there's cost issues. That's kind of how we got into this conversation. But there's there's other issues too, right? Regarding you know why folks would uh, be wanting to run on on prem. We talked a little bit about that cloud first being a mandate, certainly. The repatriation is not a back from cloud kind of mandate. We're, and we're seeing obviously more and more that we need a balanced approach, a, a multi-cloud kind of approach. And so so in, in your view, what are some of those other reasons that folks are looking to either keep applications on-prem uh, or potentially even looking to pull applications, native cloud applications even from a cloud back onto premises? Yeah, beyond, uh, beyond costs and things. I, I mean, any research you ever see, uh, the number one challenge with cloud is always going to be security. Um, yes. that people run into that all the time. And, you know, the, the way that I frame it to people is it, it's not that the cloud providers don't do an amazing job of security. They do great work there. Um, but the shared responsibility model creates a lot of challenges for people. Uh, you, you know, in your data center, you've had decades uh, in some cases for many companies to stand up all of your policies and you know, you're taking advantage of institutional knowledge and you're building on top of it. When you're adding a server to the domain, it's just gonna inherit all of that security goodness from, from everything that you're doing in your policies. When you're out on the public cloud, it's a very different place, right? It's like your developer is now gonna stand up uh, you know, a new VM. Um, a lot of this stuff is open by default. Uh, you know, We've seen a lot of S3 uh, bucket instance, incidences over the years. Um, and, and so really that that's a huge challenge that people run into is I know how to secure it in my own data center when I have all of these experts that are looking at it, but what's going to happen when I'm a developer and now I'm having to, to go and do this all myself and I'm having to take on additional responsibilities. 
um, in some ways that can really, you know, hinder the innovation that a developer can deliver because now they're responsible for hardening and, and making sure it's operationally fit. Um, in addition to that, there's a lot of things around, you know, data sovereignty, compliance, regulatory um, issues, depending on industries. And, you know, those are, are really a, a challenging area. You know, it's, I, I always say, you know, if I'm Boeing, uh, maybe it's okay to have the, the Dreamliner stuff up in a public cloud, but those defense contracts, I probably want to have them in my data center, right? And so I think what we're seeing is that people have to think about, you know, their applications and they have to prioritize the right ones to move to the public cloud. Um, when they do the move, they should do it the right way, you know, take advantage of containerization for applications where it makes sense, uh, lowering the cost that way. Uh, you know, and, and and really that's what it comes down to is you have limited uh, amount of resources to go out and do this work. Uh, you want to do it right the first time so you're not having to pick up the pieces later. Some of the research I've seen on this space is that, you know, it's not uncommon for 15 to 20, 25% churn for these applications. You move it up there, it makes sense at first, it scales, and as it scales, you're, you find something about it uh, doesn't really work for that environment. And that could be on-prem or it could be the cloud. So it's really about having that, you know, multi-cloud strategy and an ability to to manage both of those environments. Yeah, you're quite right. What you were talking then brought to mind, you know, the whole idea of the the replatforming, though the folks not necessarily replatforming properly, lifting and shifting, and not going through that process, which I I, I understand causes issues. Obviously, performance is a um, is, is sometimes a consideration in terms of enabling better performance uh, and scalability from a, an on-prem uh, solution. And then the, the other one based on, on work I've been doing in the past was uh, was really around multi-cloud enablement. You know, this idea that you want to take advantage of the best of each of the clouds, potentially even with the same workloads. So, you know, maybe leveraging private infrastructure that's deployed in a cloud adjacent location, in a co-location or something like that, where you can actually take advantage of resources and infrastructure fairly relatively simply from all the different public clouds that are, are, are very within you know, a couple of milliseconds of those locations. So I, th I think that's one of the other things people are starting to kind of look into. Um, so, sure. so fundamentally, uh, what, you know, we started with this on repatriation. It seems like we're moving into a world where this is not so much about repatriation and it's a little bit more about intelligent workload placement, being able to dynamically move workloads wherever makes sense for them to operate you might want to pull them out of the cloud for cost efficiency or security you might want to put them into the cloud for bursting let's say um what's what, what what's your kind of takeaway with regards to what the ultimate kind of end point of where we want to be with uh, the things that we're talking about yeah you know as you're talking i was just thinking to myself if you want to avoid repatriation right. you should bring this strategy up front right and like it's it's the old adage of you know measure twice and cut once right okay. so you don't have this waste. I I think we run into it time and time again. You know it's it's really hard. You know it's really hard to be able to analyze a, a full application portfolio and to get it right a hundred percent of the time. But you know by by going into this your eyes open, um, thinking through the strategy about what you want to get from each environment. Um, including, you know, your stakeholders, you know, business stakeholders, potentially, you know, what are their requirements? What are the SLAs you have to um, be held held to? Um, that, that's going to give you a, a much better uh, outcome, I think, uh, because you're, you're really going to do that work 
and, and not have to redo it. And, and you know, you're not going to be, you know, taking all of your developers' times to replatform something yet again. Yeah, exactly. And I, um, I hate to do it, but a shameless plug for um, our Dell consultancy services. I know we do an awful lot of that where we actually can go in um, and analyze an environment and, and really do a, a kind of workload classification um, to say, you know, where, where makes sense for each of these applications. Uh, and, and I also, also just wanted to remind the listeners that we will be doing a follow-up to this, um, where we're actually trying to look to find a customer that's been through this experience. And then also talk a little bit about how, you know, what is Dell's vision for, um, being able to really make some of this application mobility a little bit more seamless with our cloud to ground and cl uh, ground to cloud strategies so uh, we we do have those to to look forward to but i think we're pretty much out of time uh, nick i really appreciate you being on yeah thanks for having me mick it's been great thanks ever so much so this has been mick turner for the power of technology podcast i'd like to thank you and my guest nick brackney for listening and if you would like to hear more please subscribe